Hey friends, it's Kelsey Kemp, here to inspire and guide you as you answer the call. Tune in each week to hear me illuminate the biblical truth of what a calling actually is and how to find yours so you could create a career worthy of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. You won't just be hearing from me though. Some of the most incredible and purposeful people I know will be joining me to tell you their story of how God called them into careers that honor who they were made to be. So their work is now creating generations of ripple effects for the glory of God. Y'all ready? Okay, let's go. Oh my gosh, y'all. I promise that y'all are gonna love this interview just as much as I did. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of talking with Vera Schmitz, the co-founder and CEO of Dwell Differently. This is a monthly subscription service helping you memorize one Bible verse a month through a temporary tattoo that is so cute and so beautiful. And this temporary tattoo has the first letter of each word in the verse of the month compiled into a beautiful design that lasts a whole lot longer than I thought it would. But you know, if you're like, I got to take this off, you could do that. Um, And you can also get in your monthly subscription, it includes a small print of the design to put up on your fridge or your bathroom mirror, as well as a keychain, which is so awesome. And this is all for just seven bucks a month for the individual membership or 11 bucks a month. If you want to include all your family in this, that's for the family membership. And today, you are going to hear about Vera's journey from a almost lifelong pursuit of a professional career in pole vaulting. And this led all the way up to the Olympic trials, not once, but twice. Yeah, she was not messing around. She really was an accomplished athlete. And this all ended, though, in a career-ending injury that ended up catalyzing a totally new phase of life. And through it also catalyzed her going through this process of finding her next calling, which ended up being a combination of, you'll hear her explain her passions, her pains, her gifts, and a whole lot more that led her to found this company that is now sincerely transforming hearts and changing lives for Jesus. I could personally, and you'll hear me personally attest to how much this has impacted me and others. So, One of the most fun parts for me was actually getting to relate to Vera in being an all-or-nothing type of person who pursued a sport professionally. For me, it was ballet um, for most of her life until a career-ending injury that ultimately led us to Christ-centered entrepreneurial ventures, which was just so cool to get to relate to her on that. And I am just, I'm still buzzing from how fun this was. And uh, I hope that you enjoy. I know you will. And go show Dwell some love on Instagram at Dwell Differently. And as always, if you have experienced growth or encouragement as a result of the work I put into this podcast, I would so appreciate if you left a review, you know, like the the word kind, not just the star kind. Although if you just have a second for the five stars, I would be totally grateful for that as well. And I would be so grateful if you subscribed and told your friends about Answer the Call and took a screenshot and tagged me on Instagram stories at Kelsey underscore the called career. Just thought I'd mention it. Um, And yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And it really fuels me to hear how this is impacting you guys. But I won't keep you any longer from enjoying this interview with Vera Schmitz. Vera, thank you so much for spending the time to come on to answer the call. Very, very. I love it. I was so excited when I met you. Um, It was just meant to be. I think so too, because honestly, from, I think it took me about a nanosecond to process learning about your company. And then I thought, this must be some kind of lady that starts a hey. company like this. I love that. This Here's is some kind own. of lady. I'm going to start saying that. Some kind of lady. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Maybe TM, some kind of lady. Yeah, that is good. That's good. <laughs> well, 
can you just give a quick introduction to let the listeners know like a little blurb about who you are, where you're at, what you're up to with Dwell, and then we'll kind of start from the beginning and get deeper. Sure. So my name is Vera Schmitz. I live in St. Louis area um, with my husband and my little boy. And um, I started a company called Dwell um, almost two years ago now. And um, we are a monthly membership that helps people memorize one Bible verse a month. And so, um, yeah, I, I started it a couple of years ago and it's just really grown and been such a gift, honestly, to my own life. Um, and to mine. Just, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And to our members and to our non-members who are just following on Instagram, um, it's, you know, you start something and you have no idea what it's going to look like or how God's going to use it. And um, it has been just a really cool gift. Yes, I'm excited to connect on, I mean, as someone who, um, well, it's more of a solopreneur operation over here. Yeah. But I'm so curious to talk more about like how this developed and what it was like starting a venture like this with yes. an idea. But I should not get ahead of myself. We will get there. Okay. So how about let's just start from the beginning then. So little Vera, you're like okay. where you grew up, what you were into and what was going yes. on. Yes. So I am, I was um, raised in Jefferson City, Missouri, which is about two hours uh, away from where I am now. Um, I was the youngest of five kids. And so big, loud, crazy, fun family. Um, I always just idolized my siblings and um yeah so we were very much an active family um i grew up doing sports uh, specifically gymnastics as a little girl and then um as i got older i started into track and field doing pole vaulting um and so if i had to kind of put a stamp on who i was um, growing up and then into college and after college, it was an athlete. I was an athlete. Um, if you want to like mark me like with a world world stamp of who, who are you? Yeah, that's what people would have said. They would have said, well, beer is a pole vaulter. Um, and so I was pretty successful in high school and went on to um, compete collegiately at Indiana University and then trained for an um, qualified for two Olympic trials in pole vaulting. So that's kind of the, the good grief, <laughs> the wow. short, the short end of it. Um, that was my life for a long time up until 2016. Um, that was me in a nutshell was, um, really training and competing and focused on this goal of trying to make an Olympic team. Mm -hmm. What about so, pole vaulting got your attention and like got wrapped up into this big vision for your life? And I mean, yeah. you went after it so hard to get to the point where you're yeah. to the Olympics. Yeah, you know, um, because I did gymnastics growing up, it was like I, I knew I also liked track and field, um, just, you know, running races on the playground as a little girl. And so the first time I had an opportunity to go out for track, I think was seventh grade. And I was like, okay, that's basically running, that's sprinting and gymnastics both together. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, this, like the perfect marriage of the two things I loved most. And um, also I liked that it was kind of a daring sport. Um, and so I just gravitated toward it immediately and kind of never looked back. As soon as I started pole vaulting, I realized how um, much I loved it and pretty soon thereafter I quit gymnastics just because I wanted to be a pole vaulter and it was really unique too because um, that was in 2000 when I was like a middle schooler it was the same year that women's pole vaulting became an Olympic sport and so it was kind of this big thing um, going on Stacey Dragila she was a the first Olympic gold medalist in women's pole vaulting I thought she was just the greatest thing on since sliced bread and some she's an kind incredible of athlete. she was let me tell you she was some kind of lady and was an inspiration for me like I want to be that I want to do that I want to go to the Olympics one day and ever since then I chased that dream wow 
I, I'm already picking up the character qualities of brave, daring, likes a challenge. Oh, man. Like nothing else. Yeah, oh, you know, maybe, yeah, I suppose you have to if you're going to do pole vaulting. And quite honestly, now looking back, I have not pole vaulted once since, um, since the Olympic trials in 2016. And now when I look back on video of my jumping um, or I watch friends vault who are still competing, I'm like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe I used to do that. That looks so scary. But when you're in it, it's just, it's just what you're doing, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I could relate to your story in parts because I also had this childhood up into um, I was almost 19 years old. I had a singular focus on becoming mm. a professional ballet dancer. And no so that was my whole life. Uh, I trained morning and night. I was home. Yes. And I ultimately, I pursued it with everything I had mm-hmm. until a fateful injury that took me out. Yes. And so that's whenever my whole life changed. And now I look back and I think, oh my gosh, how did I do that? Like, uh, just pushing my body to the limit yeah. and relate to yes. that as well. And it almost seems like just a whole nother world life that I can't, I'm like, was that me? It just, it's oh, different now. I, I mean, that, I say that to people all the time. I'm like, I can hardly even, it's like a different life that I lived. Yeah. Um, but ballet, I'm so jealous. I like <laughs> want to take an adult ballet class. I'm, I think that is just an amazing, amazing, um, it's more than a sport. It's art too, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I love dancing and um, I just, one of my nieces is starting to take ballet and I'm like, what the heck, man? I, can I come to class? <laughs> what the heck, man? <laughs> Let me join. Well, we would yes. have to take a first class together because I, like you, have not ever gone back to dance since no I stopped. Way. I think it's maybe... Uh, let me know if you relate. I'm kind of an all or nothing person. Yeah. And if I can't... Also, it's so hard if I have this mindset like this is a professional pursuit for me to switch yeah. that back to be casual about it. Yeah. Don't judge yourself so harshly. If you have a different body now and you're like all these things, you can't kick as high to put it in yeah. like speech, uh, but no matter. I'm curious to go back to also where your faith began. Yeah. How so I just came into your life. <laughs> he was always with me. Um, I, from being, from the time I was little, I always, always believed God was real. And I think that was a big, just my parents believed and, um, we talked about God. We always prayed and, um, it, I was probably eight or so when I, I can specifically remember the moment I was, um, sitting in my childhood bed and I had I felt like, you know, I believe that this God is real, but like, is it enough? Like, is it enough for me? Like, am I really actually good with him? And the verse that I read that day was, I used to read this tiny little Bible at night, which is so (laughs) sweet now, like um, thinking about as a child, you know, just really pursuing God in the only way I knew how. But um, I remember reading that if I had faith as small as a mustard seed, I could, you know, move the mountain from here into the sea or whatever that verse is in Matthew exactly. I don't know it. Um, But I remember reading that and thinking, oh, my goodness, I do have faith as small as a mustard seed. Like, I can do that. I I got this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have big, huge faith yet, but I do have this little bit. And it was the first moment where I actually trusted that God would be true to what he said and that all I needed was that little tiny piece and I never let that go. And that was kind of my guiding light. And so I, um, I have been walking with God for over 20 years now. Um, and he is my closest friend. Um, he is never, never far, you know, I, that's what I love most about walking with God is that in he's, he never is, um, far from me. He's always near to me. Um, and then, of course, there are seasons of up and down. And there are seasons where I put other things on the throne because we all do. 
Um, but ultimately, um, he is my everything. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know how question. else to say it. I have a question because yeah. whenever I had ballet in my life, that was my everything. Mm-hmm. How did you keep God as your everything whenever you were um, in hot pursuit of yeah. this sports career? I think it was a daily battle, to be honest. Um, because, you know, when you are pursuing anything with with such bigger as trying to make an Olympic team, it is so easy for that thing to become your number one focus. And um, the good thing is, is God is gracious and he always is there like waiting for us to come back to him. And so honestly, through my trials, I think that's how he kept me closest to him. So I had, I went through the, the gamut, you know, I went, had a hip surgery. I had coaching changes. I had a year where I didn't even have a facility to train out of, um, just hard situations as far as sport is concerned, hard situations. And, um, it was in those hard moments that I was totally relying on him. Um, the year I didn't have a training facility, I was training in Indiana where I went to school. Um, I was no longer training with my college coach. Um, and during that year, like I didn't even have an indoor facility to run workouts in. So it would be like 20 degrees and snowing and I would be on the track by myself. I kid you not had no training partner. The coach I was working with, um, was an Olympian himself and he, uh, worked like a full-time regular person, vice president of a company type job. And so he could only come to my jump sessions, not to my everyday practices. And so I was training all by myself. And I think it was in those moments of like, okay, like I am alone and this is tough. And those are the moments when you really have to rely on something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm, you know, you never are grateful for those hard times when you're in them, but in retrospect, it's like, Oh, he was just wanting me to be right there with him. And I was, um, it is so gracious. I mean, I've come to learn as, uh, I, I hope we all do that. There's such grace in hardships in your own mortality, even yeah, humility yeah. that that brings, because if everything was going perfectly all the time, I know my heart enough now to mm-hmm. know that I would not know him or depend on him and have the eternal goodness that that provides. So thank you yes. for that. Yeah. I'm curious about how your career in sport came to an end. Um, let's see. So 2016 is a, is an Olympic year. So it's mm-hmm. every four years. So 2016 was the Rio Olympics and believe it or not in a 20 year sport career, 2016 was turning out to be the worst season of my life. Like just no. horrible. Like, it's hard to even describe how bad it was. Um, in football, the way it works is you get three tries at every height. Mm-hmm. And if you have three consecutive failed jumps where you knock the bar down, then you're out of the competition. So there are instances where the bar is up at the first height and you knock it down three times in, the, in a row and you get a no height is what it's called. So you get like a big zero. Mm-hmm. Um, 2016, I was jumping a no height like half of the time. And I was jumping heights that were a foot or a foot and a half below my personal best. I mean, it was just a total struggle. Um, And so (laughs) the crazy thing is, is they, you have um, until a certain date to jump what is called the Olympic A standard. And if you jump that standard, then you can go to the Olympic trials and try to make the U.S. Olympic team. And so you had till June 26th of 2016 to jump this height. And I kid you not, Kelsey, I took until the very last day. No. <laughs> I, I kid you not. So I woke up on June 26th. My entire career was hanging on this one day and um, my last opportunity to go jump this height. And so on June 26th, I went out and I kid you not, by the grace of God, went out and jumped a lifetime best world Olympic A standard 
on the last day to qualify for the Olympic trials. It's not real. My stomach was it's, doing a flip. This is it's so for crazy. real. <laughs> it's for real. And so you ask, how did my career end? Well, the ne- very next jump, I put the bar up to a new height. So I had cleared 14 feet, nine and three quarters inches. So that's, that's the Olympic A standard. And then I moved the bar up to 15 foot. And the very next jump came down, took a jump, completely blew up my ankle. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is yes. a movie in the worst way. <laughs> it was, it was insane. But the coolest part is that, um, even still with this busted ankle, I was able to go to the Olympic trials. I cleared one bar at the Olympic trials. I think I ended up 16th in the U S um, even on a, an, an injured ankle. Um, Congratulations like, for that. That's thank crazy. you. <laughs> you know, it was, it was the Lord and he just, he carried me through that and I got to end on it. You know, it wasn't that note I wanted to end on, but it was still a high note. Um, and so the last jump I've ever taken was at the Olympic trials and hung up my spikes and have not pull vaults also like ballet. It's really not something you do casually. Like you don't just go out, Hey, you guys want to go pull vault today? So, you know, it's sad in that way. It's like, Oh, you know, golfers, they'll golf for the rest of their lives, but pole vaulters you're done when you're done. So it's been, um, through over three years since I vaulted how did you deal with that? I, I just, my heart is going out to you because I know how hard it's been to be without ballet because that was just mm-hmm. a, a part of my life, identity, my plans, yeah. my passion. How did you cope with that? Oh, it was really tough. And quite honestly, that is why Dwell exists. Mm. So um, when I was competing and training, I used to write Bible verses on my wrist all the time. Um, and for those listeners who don't know about dwell, what we do is we take the first letter of every word in a verse and we make a design out of that and turn it into this toolkit to help you memorize the verse. Beautiful design, I might add. Yes. So they, we, we, we turn them into, um, three parts, a temporary tattoo, a keychain, and a print. And, um, so then every time you're looking at your wrist, you're seeing these letters and you're challenged to recall what they represent and you slowly memorize the verse. So that was born out of the skill I learned while I was training, which is I would write the first letter of every word of a Bible verse on my wrist with a Sharpie marker. Um, and so to be totally honest with you, coming out of not making the Olympic team and not really finishing exactly how I wanted, I mean, there is a lot of sadness in that because you focused your life on this one goal. And when your intention is, okay, I'm going to make the Olympic team. I'm going to go to Rio. And then it doesn't happen. You don't really have a plan B because you can't be like planning this other life because then you're not fully committed to this idea that you're going to make an Olympic team. And so I had nothing planned, which is like so freaky because you end and you're like, who am I? What am I doing? And though, you know, the truths of like, I'm God's child and all of these things that are very true about you, you, you don't have anything to do, which is super hard. And so I did go into a pretty low place. Um, Understandably. Yes, it was low and I was injured. So I wasn't even, when you're used to working out twice a day, every day, and now you're, you know, you're, I came home on crutches from the trials. And so um, I couldn't exercise. Um, I was watching my friends on TV at the Olympic Games. It was, a, it was a hard thing to walk through. But that, again, the hard places is where God is so near. And he was, and I didn't even know it, but he was writing the next thing for me. Um, and it was because of that dark time that I was in, I was really more than ever focused on memorizing God's word and getting it in my head because the dark places in my mind were dark. And so the only light that I had was knowing his word for my life. And it really is true. There's a verse in, um, John, John one five that says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And that's true. Like never in the history of the world has light entered into a dark place and the dark been so dark that it overcomes the light that has mm, never that is happened so motivating that is it's never happened <laughs> never happened 
Never, ever, ever. It, it has always been that when light penetrates the darkness, it overcomes the darkness. And so I had a list of verses that I had memorized and I just fed my, my mind with the, that light and slowly but surely the dark was run out and chased out of my mind. And so, um, I just was so committed to God's word that I was like, man, I was in a dark place because I didn't make an Olympic team, but people in that are in dark places for far greater reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you just read the newspaper, you know, um, whether people are victims of abuse or they're going through a diagnosis or they've lost a loved one. Like those are very hard, dark places. And I wanted to show people that they have the opportunity to focus their mind on the light. And it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing or this hour long commitment every morning. If you can do that, great. But if you can't like just dwell on one verse a month, Mm -hmm. God's word is powerful enough to, in its simplest form, one verse change our lives, change our perspective, change how we see ourselves, change how we see the world. And that's what I wanted to do. And had I not been in that dark place, I don't know, I'm sure he still would have brought me to that, but he brought me to a place of knowing I wanted to share that with the world. And that's how Dwell was born. That's that's incredible. This whole thing could be a movie. I'm sure that, you know, hopefully this podcast makes it big. I'm sure that people are going to be bidding to buy the rights to your story. This is crazy. Uh, but I'm curious technically, and I'm sure people listening are too, of how did it go from this idea of like, this would be nice, or this is something that's so impactful to me, to this is my mission in a sense. And mm-hmm. this is a real company in a, a venture and I'm spreading this that that takes some kind of ingenuity to make this idea into a reality well you know okay so and I know you know this because I told you already um I I love 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 and if you have not bought it you need to buy it yes the devotional made for this by Jenny yeah. Allen it's incredible Um, And I didn't know it when I was in it, but now in retrospect, as I look back at my life and so Jenny has you walk through kind of coming to your purpose. And she talks a lot about how your pains are a, a thread weaving together with kind of your gifts to get you to like, it weaves this tapestry that becomes your purpose. Um, and so I'm going to slaughter this, but the gist of it is, so you're the things you've struggled with, with the things that you're gifted at, with the need that is around you, um, along with God's ultimate call on everyone's life, which is to share the gospel, like that all woven together is your purpose. And so as I've been working through this book, it's just dawned on me how my pains and my gifts really are dwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you say like, how did you, how, what's the ingenuity behind it? Well, ever since I was a little girl, my mom is super creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of my parents are art, artistic <clears throat> or artists. And I always loved the creative project. I always was, you know, for instance, like if it was a birthday party, my friends would come over and we wouldn't do like, Oh, here's your little bag of candy, you know, for coming to my birthday party, we would like create this whole project for everybody to do. And it was, you know, we were, you know, making Christmas ornaments or whatever. And so as I look back at my life, when I was going through the study, I'm like, wow, like, um, I was, I was the perfect person to start well, Mm -hmm. um, because I learned my need for God's word through pain and he gave me these creative um, skills as a passion since I was little. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, honestly, it was like just taking the first step. One thing um, I've learned from my husband is that if you don't just start, you never start. And if yes. you don't look back a year from now and say, ooh, that start was rough, then you waited too long. Yep. I Which I love that. I agree. And this is, I love that. I get to coach people. I'm like, you cannot stay in the think tank. That's where 
uh, your calling gets ignored and you don't act on it because discernment really uh, in its whole form, like only so much can come through thought. You have to refine it and get wisdom and discernment through action. And yes. so you just have to start before you're ready. Just That's start. The, the big thing. I feel like as entrepreneurs, you have to embody done is better than perfect. You just have oh. to start, which I yes. am so not good at that. And I am totally working on it. But yeah, I, well, I mean, as a ballerina, I'm sure like perfection is the standard. So um, I feel you on that. It's just like, you just got to go. My sister um, runs a, a nonprofit. She started a nonprofit and she's one of my mentors in this category for sure. And <clears throat> we always talk about if you're standing on top of a hill with a, 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 a horse and a cart, there are the people, and I would include myself in this category, although I'm trying to move out of it, <laughs> who instead of like, taking the cart and the horse and getting it down the hill and walking it down the hill there. The one extreme is that you're at the top of the hill and you're petting the pony and you're braiding the pony's hair and then you're putting bows in. Then you're like, Oh, I don't want those bows. I'm going to try these bows. And you just keep on petting the pony until the pony's like dead. <laughs> or there are the people like my sister who push 15 carts down the hill without a horse or a driver. That's my and sister. Hope Hope something catches, like you hope one cart makes it to the bottom of the hill without being completely trashed. And so like, we both need to move to the middle of like, okay, like don't pet the pony, but don't like throw things down the hill when they aren't, like there's no chance of them surviving. So like, you gotta find, like get on that horse, attach the cart and march that thing down the hill, let's go, you know? That is the perfect parable to also describe my sister relationship. I have an identical oh twin sister and she okay. is exactly the like throw all 15 cards down there. And then she ends up uh, honestly having a much higher success rate just because yep. she's willing to go do it. However, me, I'll just like keep working behind the scenes and like nothing happens into eternity and I have this right. perfect pearl that I've polished and it doesn't get out there and so that's something that I've had to force myself to do is just like start pushing the carts down the road yep. gotta be okay with failure you know <laughs> yeah yeah wow okay so Jenny Allen's made for this I could also attest I am halfway through it so 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 good Yes, I'm still not all the way through it because it's, there's so much to chew on. I just keep on, like, I have to take breaks almost um, so I can, like, process things fully. So I am probably not that much further along than you, <laughs> but <it's laughs> even all though I, I recommended it to you, like, months ago. Oh, no. I think if it's already had so much fruit in your life, it's a good thing, you know? Yes, yes. I'm curious if there was this moment. It's funny. I think that... Oftentimes our little monkey brains are just looking for these hallmark moments. Like people ask me, was it this like dramatic fall that ended your dance career? No, it was just like built up stress fractures over time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or was there this dramatic moment where you heard from God, the skies opened up, the angels said, start this company and here's the blueprint for it. How did I set this up maybe <laughs> to its demise, but did you have a moment where it felt confirmed and it kind of turned from an idea into a calling? Or how did you feel that you <sighs> do this? That's a great question. It's hard for me to even remember. Um, so we launched in December of 2017, but I'd been working on it before that. Um, I think the confirmation for me, a lot of it was hearing back from friends and family. So mm -hmm. like just getting that feedback of, Oh yes, this makes sense. Um, it's helpful. It's beautiful. It is digestible for somebody. Um, and honestly it was first and foremost for myself. <laughs> yeah. So like for me, it was, it's always been this, if it just points one person, then it is worth it. And so when I launched it, that was kind of my intention of like, I love this. I'm passionate about it. It's fuel for my soul. If I just help one person, then I know this was meant to be because that's what it is. It's like, 
God goes, Jesus goes after the, the one sheep that has wandered when he talks about that parable. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. Um, and it, it might be the first time in my life where I really didn't pet the pony at the top of the hill. I really just took that first step. And I think the confirmation has come uh, as we have grown. Um, in the personal stories of people reaching out. Yes. Um, I knew for me, it was just a, it was a personal calling first, and then it has become a more of a general calling that no, this is for everyone. And it has a purpose um, in those affirmations. And God has also been gracious to me. Anytime I start to feel like, is this really, is this really what I'm to be doing, is it really giving life to other people? I, it's like immediately I get an email or I get an inbox on Instagram and it'll be somebody sharing how I can't tell you this verse has literally gotten me up off the floor today. Um, and again, that's, that's God's word and that's his power, but we are the delivery system for some people right now. And so, um, I think one thing I do love about, again, Jenny Allen is like, we all have, and also it was at the happy hour live. Like we yes. all have the same mission. Uh huh. Yes. It all just looks different. Like we are all to be sharing Jesus with the world. So share Jesus with the world in your specific, unique way. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if there was an open the, the cloud moment. Maybe it's been through this study. When I laid everything out and I was like, okay, these are my pains. These are my passions. These are my people. These are the needs around me. And it was like every category pointed to dwell. And I was like, okay. The perfect math equation. It really was, which is so wild. Um, I had, I, yeah, I guess that would actually, that kind of was an opening of the, the skies moment because I said to my husband, I, I actually was quite emotional about it because, um, I said to him, I was like, I think I found, I never thought I would be, um, have as much purpose or feel as called to something as I did with pole vault. Yeah. Like when I was pole vaulting, it was my call. It was my passion. It was like, I knew that's what God had for me. And then there was like this void a little bit for a while. And it was this now has been this realization of like, no, I might actually be even better at leading this company than I ever was at full vault. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, it has been, it's been really neat. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm trying not to sound like a broken record here with like, I relate to that so much, but I really do. I felt like what else could there be for me? I, yeah. I remember my friend Megan in college, I had this moment of, we were at this networking event thing and I just go off to the side and I'm like I'm having a talk about oh yeah I would love to be an emerging technology consultant <laughs> I don't give a rip mm -hmm. about that and right and I was like Megan am I just going to have to suck it up and like this is life now where I don't actually I'm not actually passionate about anything and she's like she said <laughs> these words that just seared right into me you just, you will have it. You just haven't found the thing that unlocked it like ballet did, but you mm -hmm. will find it again. And lo and behold, it did happen, um, which I'm so, so grateful for. And I want to ask, oh, so many things. <laughs> I like see this multiple <laughs> out in my head. It's like, choose your own adventure. <laughs> That's but, hilarious. <laughs> um, one is, I know it's so easy to experience doubt. Maybe you, I have, <laughs> sure mm -hmm. as heck I have. Um, yeah. Like, oh yes, I'm all fired up. This is my calling. I'm going to go do this. And then there's some trip ups, uh, some mm -hmm. reasons to throw doubt in your head. Have you experienced those and how did you get through them? If you doubted mm -hmm. that, is this really where God wanted me or did I just make this all up? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's totally natural, um, for sure. I mean, anything that you're doing that requires some risk, there's going to be some doubt involved. Um, I definitely have felt that at times, 
just because of the overwhelming nature of trying to do start something brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're starting something brand new, and a company or a blog or whatever, it all sounds great, and then you get into it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how much work this was, <laughs> you know, and so. Um, for sure, though, like I was saying, like there have been moments where I'm like, is this even connecting with people? Because here's what I don't want to be doing. I don't want to be selling people things. That is not the heart of dwell. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart of dwell is to give people the light of God's word. And so mm-hmm. there have been doubts as to like, uh, is this even, is it doing what I intend for it to do, which is to give away this light Um, which is a hard thing to even think about because we do charge people because you like, you You have have to, to. and this is hard for my work amount, by the way, is like meager amount for the encouragement. It brings you, it's like $7 if if you get the individual tattoo. Yeah. It's $7 a month. But you know, my, something I, my pastor had said to me, he was like, look, like you have to charge money for your work. Otherwise this won't exist because it's not sustainable to just give things away. And so that's, that's been a real encouragement to me is like, okay, you're right. Like, um, you even have to buy your Bibles. Yes, there are organizations that give away free Bibles and that is incredible. But like, this is, this is the reality. Like it's okay to charge money. Um, so that's kind of beside the point, but yes, I do have those doubts at times. And the biggest thing for me is either one, like I said, God always shows up. And so be asking and looking for that from him, I think. Um, like God, continue to affirm me in this or call me out and give me ears to hear and eyes to see that that's what you're telling me. And then two is ask your people, like mm-hmm. ask your people, hey, can you be a check for me on this? Like, is this what... Like knowing my gifts, knowing my hurts and hangups, knowing my priorities, is this the right fit for me? Um, And I think if you know, if you have that person or those people, like hopefully they can be honest with you about whether or not this is good for you. And I have those people for me. I I regularly, I just told my sister-in-law the other day, I'm like, hey, if I get annoying on Instagram and I'm like just a talking head, like you gotta just tell me, girl. Like you gotta yeah. call me up and be like, hey girl, let me just hey, tell girl. you. I'm on hey, just pull it back a little bit. You know, because I, I want that check on my life. Um because we get cloudy in our own heads, I think. Oh. I don't just think I know. I get so cloudy in my own head. Good. Yeah, but then when you say it out loud and you bring it before another person, they can say, yeah, that's not true at all. And here's oh, yeah. why. And that goes with so many things. That goes with the biggest fears that hold us back that lo and behold, whenever you actually just do the thing and you say it out loud to a good friend or someone who knows you really well, you figure out that in forcing yourself to put it into words, it's actually, it was just this ambiguous cloud hanging over your head. Right. But it's something that you can actually logically deal with. Um and that goes for so many other things as well. And I found it so affirming. And I know it's just such a crucial step that you're bringing up to be in community. And there's about a billion and one reasons why God tells us that we need yeah. to be in community. So why yeah. not also apply that to the finding your calling process? Mm-hmm. I it's think crucial. too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just being like, it's crucial. But go on. It's crucial. <laughs> um, like. So one of my sisters, one of my sisters does dwell with me. She does all the content. She's a co-founder. Um, and then my other sister's the one with the nonprofit. And let me tell you that the one that runs the nonprofit who pushes all the carts down the hill, <laughs> she has no problem asking me the hardest questions. Like she has no problem saying, Beer, do you even want to do dwell? <gasps> so when I was pole vaulting and I, I tore my labrum, bit like a year and a half before the Olympic trials she was like hey you don't have to do this I just want you to know like if you want to do it do it and if you believe that's what God has for you do it but like I just want to put it out there for you you have the permission to take a step back and decide do I want to do this and 
We all need we, a pal like that. We need that in our lives because the, when she asked me that when I was pole vaulting, I, initially I was offended. I was like, how can you even ask me that? Of course I want to do this. But then when I was challenged to step back and actually think about it, it like uncovered some negative feelings I was having towards that progress with pole vault. Um, and I got, I was able to like parcel it out. And the same thing when she's asked me before, like, is dwell really something you want to do? Like to step back and say, yes, it is. But actually the way I'm doing it right now is not how I want to do it because it has become too high of a priority and has like encroached on family time that I never intended for it to encroach on. And so having that person in your life who asks the, the hard question of like, yeah. do, do you even want to do this is probably one of the most important things. Yes, I, I completely agree. <laughs> oh man, I, how can we find people like that if we don't have them already? Is that like, maybe it's a stupid question, but I just, I'm thinking of the people that might mm-hmm. be like, I don't know. I, I don't have anyone like that. How can yeah. they? Or like, can they kind of groom a friend to be like, hey, I'm designating you as my person to ask these yeah. questions, challenge me. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing is ultimately you, you want it in, in person. I think that there are like online entrepreneur groups or like getting a, <clears throat> a business coach or, you know mm. what I mean? Like you can do that, but finding a friend is really special. Mm. Um, and even like, until you find that friend, writing those questions down and setting a reminder in your phone and just checking back in on yourself once a quarter and be like, mm. is this what I want? Am I, are my priorities matching up with my schedule? Those types yeah. of questions. Um, and sometimes the answer is no, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you got to like re, redo your life, which I'm kind of in the process of right now. Um, just like, like reordering my priorities. Yeah. How do you do that? Actually, <laughs> I'm, I know that sometimes it's like, wait, what? We just kind of take those statements for granted. Like I'm reordering my life or, you know, just like draw close to God. And I'm like, thanks. I don't know how to actually do that. And so I love kind of breaking things down. So what does it look like for you to go through the process of reordering the priorities in your life and aligning them with what you actually want? That's a great question. I'm, I'm learning as I go. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say what I'm trying to do is actually create boundaries um, because boundaries are life-giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the reason why God gives us boundaries in scripture is because to live in without any boundaries is chaos. And so I have been doing that, to be honest, like admittedly with dwell, there have not been very clear boundaries. And so it is chaotic in terms of encroaching on my family time encroaching on my rest, um, those types of things. And so I'm going to be, hopefully my intention is to be relentlessly committed to protecting boundaries. Yes. So these are my work hours and I'm only going to work during these hours. These are my resting hours. I will not have my phone on. Mm -hmm. These are the times when I check my email. These are the time, like, because I've found I'm not healthy enough to do it without a boundary. I can say it, but unless they are firm, I'm, I'm exactly what you said earlier, which is all, I'm either all in or all out. Yes. And unfortunately being all in as an entrepreneur means that that business becomes a beast. Oh yeah. Um, and so I want to be all in on boundaries, baby. <laughs> all in on boundaries. Uh, like, yeah. so committed to protecting what is most important to me. And so I'm figuring that out right now. I'm going to build a schedule um, that I am hoping to have somebody hold me accountable to. Yes. And instead of rewarding myself for, I do believe in rewards too. Um, You have to, you have to reward yourself. You have to celebrate. So that's what I'm going to make my thing. Like I'm going to celebrate when I actually, um, follow my boundaries. That's more important than anything because I want to spend time with my kids and I want to be fully present, you know? Thank you for that TED talk. Thank you for that free business advice. Oh my gosh. That's exactly (laughs) what I needed. (laughs) I just, because, you know, I relate to that all in attitude. I, 
I've been working every weekend for like months, just like every day I'll do something every single day. And it's, it's cause I want to, and I see that it's good. And, um, I, I realize I have to remind myself like not saving lives here. Nobody mm-hmm. got your boss, nobody else. Like it's okay if it doesn't, uh, happen by this deadline that you made up in your head. Um, exactly. I, I convinced myself that no, 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 no. It is more life giving, more productive, um, to make sure that I, yeah, just go ahead and work today. Like on a Sunday, just, mm-hmm. I, I said I wouldn't, but I'm going to. And I realize over time, I just feel so drained. I feel, um, yeah, so stressed. All those emotions that I'm sure anyone can imagine would come along with that. And so I got to, I got to set those rules too, because set the rules. I can't be trusted with that. I can't either. And you know, it's a great quality. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Like it's a gift to have that work ethic and that drive, but it un, un, um, what's the word? Unregulated. It's, it, you will be crushed by it. Um, I just heard this. I think I heard it somewhere. I can't recall. I wish I could. Um, but somebody who's an expert in technology usage said we should be turning our phones off one hour every day. I feel so stupid that I was, that was a genuine visceral response. I was like, no. Yes. He said (laughs) one hour every day, one day every week and one week every year. (gasps) Like, new challenge I'm like that's that might I'm debating whether or not to work that into my rules like my guidelines and my boundaries is like okay on Sundays my phone is off you cannot get to me Ooh. you know what I mean mm, I'm feeling so challenged right now but I'm gonna do it I'm saying right here on this recording I'm you're doing do it. it yeah wow. I feel like this is okay. something that the Lord kind of prepped me for a little bit just yesterday my sister and I were talking about our grandma doesn't have internet. And whenever I last saw her last week, she said something about, yeah, I went and I saw this movie at the theater and um, I don't remember why she mentioned this, but she said, yeah, I just called the theater. I looked them up in the phone book and I asked for their show times. And my mind just, it was like mind blown emoji. I just couldn't grapple with the fact that she didn't look everything up herself on the internet. You right. Know? wow, you can do low tech life. So anyways, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm borderline. The next time you talk to me, I might be off the grid. You might have to like write me a snail mail letter because I'm always toying with the the idea of like going completely bye-bye. Bye-bye. Off Mm -hmm. the grid. Yeah. in the woods. Uh, yes, I am. I am almost there. <laughs> oh, wow, I admire uh, that. I'm curious if you ever pictured yourself. This is kind of a fun question. Ever pictured yourself doing even something remotely related to what you're doing now in your vision for your life as a kid, or like being a CEO? My dad was an entrepreneur. He ran his own business, so maybe a little bit. Um. But no, I don't think so. I, I don't really know. I think I always thought I was just going to be an athlete and right off into the sun as an athlete forever. But like, because as a kid, you don't think past that, you know, it's like, well, then one day your body will be old and you can't do that anymore. No, <laughs> um, but no, I don't think so. I always had a love for, for people and for sharing Jesus with people. So I think I thought I would be a teacher or um, involved with young life or something like that, but never did I see myself as an entrepreneur. It just kind of happened. Just kind of happened. Like, yeah, most of the best things do. I feel like after we come to the end of our plans, then God is like, all right, are you ready now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) My plans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's such a gift. Well, a few more final questions for you. I'd love to ask what does the calling mean to you? Like, how would you describe that to people and what goes into it? Because I know it's such an adulterated term these days. Like, it's the same thing as your passion. What does it mean to you? Mm, That's a great question. (sighs) I'm going to have to go ahead and just piggyback off of what 
I heard at the Happy Hour Live from Jamie Ivey. I think that our call, if we are following Jesus, the call on all of our lives is to share the gospel with people. Yes. And I think that part of that is to really investigate who God made you to be specifically. Mm-hmm. What gifts did he give you? What things has he brought you through? And that will give you the lens to which you can see those around you who need the gospel and you are the like, you are the person for them to hear the gospel. That was one of my favorite explanations. You saw my on the video, like my face just lighting up and expanding <laughs> like a blue flower. That was one of the most beautiful explanations of what a calling is because I, I haven't thought of it in terms of the words that you said, like it is the lens through which you see essentially who you're meant to connect with and in what way, because the gospel isn't this template of actions. Like I'm going to share the four steps, you know, there's Mm -hmm. like original sin and the death on the cross and all this stuff, which yes, it's essential to communicate those things. But in the way that you show the meaning of the gospel to others, it's, could very well be unique or at least in Mm -hmm. the situations that you're placed in the situations Mm -hmm. that you're called to and who you're called to witness to all different and in order to get that roadmap of where you're supposed to be be diligent to look inward not in this like prideful way or self-indulgent way but like honestly we really do need to understand who God made us to be and the components that go into that, like the big ones being your spiritual gifts, your natural talents, um, your values, your personality, all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also your story, like your pain and what you, you have a heart for because yeah. of that. all of that's so important. And anyways, I'm just so in awe of that explanation and really appreciate it. And yes. I usually, well, Oh, go ahead. I love to like, I think the way my perspective has changed recently because of, you know, the study I mentioned and other conversations is just that it's, it also is others focused. Mm -hmm. Like our calling should not serve only our desires, but also be like others focused in how we are going to serve. Yeah. You're blowing me out of the water. This, yes. I also, I haven't, thought of it in those words but more like you know it's of service to other people but I think that needs to be stated so explicitly because Mm -hmm. oftentimes especially whenever you get to the stage in life where you really maybe want to find your calling it's Mm -hmm. potentially like if you relate to me it's because you want to be relieved from the pain of feeling like what you're doing is meaningless And Mm -hmm. I just want to be in a better situation. I really want to be happy and fulfilled in the work that I do. But a calling is others focused, as you said. And that is Mm. so powerful. And I usually ask what books you're reading or would recommend to others. But I think quite clearly made for this. It takes the cake on all accounts. It takes the cake. It really does. It's written by some kind of lady. Danielle. This some kind of lady is next level. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can attest. Uh, and please let us know, where can the listeners find Dwell and get into it and all the good stuff? Yes. So um, you can find Dwell on Instagram. It's at Dwell Differently, like you're choosing to dwell differently. Love it. Um, or you can find us online if you want to sign up or just check out our um, blog. Uh, we do weekly emails and blogs. Um, you can find us at dwelldifferently.com. Um, and Go that's do it. it. Go that's look. where you Go can look. connect. And um, I don't have a personal Instagram page. Um, so when you are, if you send us a DM or something on Instagram, you're getting me or you're getting my sister. Um, Natalie so just so you know it's not like some robot or something 
if yeah. there's real people back there. <laughs> you guys, and you care, and you love to hear all of the stories of the impact that this has had on people. I can attest as well. I really have never, um, I know that scripture memorization is good, of course. Did I ever do it? No, not really. And I have certainly never experienced it being this easy, this quick, and this encouraging, honestly. Like, I'm not just like, I don't know, putting fluff out there. I really Mm. did feel that, talk about the scripture being such an ever-present help. Mm. Never more as whatever it is literally on your arm or wherever you put the, don't put it on your face because then you're going to have to look at it through the mirror. It's not going to work out so well. (laughs) I Um, love that. Thank you for that compliment. Yes. Because that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I, I'm willing to bet that you hit that initial uh, success goal of just impacting one person pretty dang quick. And mm-hmm. now that's growing more and more into this crowd of people that really does appreciate that this tool exists. This, that you followed this calling really does matter. And it has sincerely touched so many people um, and given them the gift of, of not just having the scripture as oh this is important you know oh I should do that yeah I think mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's clearly encouraging other people I think I should get into that but actually experiencing it for themselves like as I did for the first time having it there in my mind and saying hey whom shall I fear that was mm-hmm. one of the first ones that I got um so anyways it really does matter as it does for all of us for all of us to follow our callings and it's cool to see this case study of it and to personally attest that I really appreciate that you did all of this so thank you thank you thank you thank you for having me it was a joy to get to talk today oh and who would have known our stories were so similar who would have thought (laughs) (laughs) well uh I might as well end it in the best way, just along this current theme. I can now confirm you are some kind of lady, Vera. And I really appreciate this. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Have a good day. Yes, you as well.